Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's it really is great that you've tuned in to this first episode, which is called Getting Started. This is episode one, so you've not missed anything yet. And as an extra incentive to make it right through to the end, there is a free giveaway um, at the end. So please do stay listening for that. Being salt and light in the 21st century, that's what this series is called. And this is episode one, Getting Started. This has sprung from a sermon a few weeks back entitled Different to Make a Difference. And if you want to watch that, if you want to recap on that, then you'll be able to find it on our church website, hopechurchashton.org or .org. And it is called Sermon on the Mount, week two. And the reference is Matthew 5, 13 to 16. And this series and the Sermon on the Mount and then this spin-off series that we're looking at uh, midweek is really important for us as a church and comes at a really important time for us as well. As lockdown is easing and hopefully remains that way, we need to make sure that we have right thinking about what we're about as a church and what it means for us to reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a story. Last week, I spoke to someone who told me about his son. His son is hoping to go as a missionary to a foreign country. I'm going to keep the details general and vague, and that's on purpose because I'm I'm not sure if it has to be kept confidential where he is intending to go because it's a country where Islam is the majority religion. This man is applying for a job. And if he manages to get this job, then he and his family will move to that country. They will rent a house. The children, I assume, will go to school. He will work. They will shop in the local supermarkets. They will visit the local parks. They will make friends with people in their neighbourhood. And their home church here in the UK is completely on board with this, committing to pray for them as a family as they seek to share the gospel in this way overseas. They will no doubt in their home church over in the UK appear on missionary boards. Um, they'll be Their pictures will probably be there on the wall. And this is what struck me. I don't know if it struck you when I was just telling you that story. This guy and his family are really not very different to us. He's a follower of Jesus. He knows there is a call on his life and the life of his family from his saviour to make disciples. So at this point, we're no different, are we? If we're a follower of Jesus, we're no different to him. His method for doing this is living in a community, having an ordinary job and seeking to be salt and light. Again, so far, we are the same as him. He's going to a country where there are only a few followers of Jesus. Still, we're the same. Although we're not going to a different country, we live in a country where there are only a few followers of the Lord Jesus. Now, the only difference between him 
and the majority, not all of us, but the majority, majority of us who are listening to this is that he is doing all this in a different country, in a country different to the one he was born in. And as I think about this, what really struck me or, or strikes me is two things that this highlights for us that we must get straight in our thinking. And these two things are, who is a missionary and what does mission work look like? So first, who is a missionary? All Christians, we are told in the Bible, are disciple makers. Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What has Jesus just commanded his disciples to do when he says that? So go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Well, Jesus has just instructed his disciples to make disciples and then teach, his, teach those disciples and be made disciples to do everything that I have commanded you, that the first disciples have been taught. So we have level one disciples are to go and make level, they're going to a group of people, the next level, uh, the next generation or people in the same generation, and they're to make them disciples, teaching them everything that Jesus taught them, which is to make or includes making disciples. I hope I've made that more complicated than it needs to be. Disciples are to make disciples who are seeking to make disciples, and that keeps going on, repeating itself. So therefore, every Christian is a missionary. Every Christian is a disciple maker, every single one of us. What I don't mean by that is every single one of us who is a follower of Jesus needs to leave their country and go abroad to seek to make disciples. So, so the distinction is not between a Christian and a Christian who's a missionary. Uh, the distinction might be between a Christian who is a missionary and a Christian who is a cross-cultural missionary, if that makes sense. All Christians are disciple makers and some feel the call of God and go to a foreign country to do that. So do you have this straightened out in your mind? Because it really does matter. All Christians are called to make disciples. All Christians are missionaries. If you do not have this straightened out in your mind, the temptation will be not to engage with folk um, about the hope of Jesus. And as a result, we, we do not engage with people. We wriggle out from our, our responsibility of seeing people one for Christ. That is a real danger. So who's a missionary? All Christians are disciple makers. All Christians are, are missionaries. Now, the second thing I think the story highlights, I, I told you about this guy who's looking to go to another country, is what mission work actually looks like. So does mission work look like putting a tent up, holding the crusade, passing out leaflets, standing on a soapbox, preaching the gospel, giving out tracts, Yes, absolutely, it looks like those things. It does definitely look like those things. And many, many faithful brothers and sisters in Christ uh, seek to obey the Great Commission by doing those things. So please do not think for any one moment what I'm about to say is me being negative about those things. It certainly is not. But we need to be careful that in our thinking, we don't make disciple making into an activity, a scheduled activity 
rather than a way of life. So let me explain. This is the potential pitfall we could fall into. We could think, okay, so evangelism is, is, is a particular time and date and activity that goes in my diary. So when there's an organized activity, perhaps to go and give out tracts or perhaps to go and do a tent mission or whatever, when I'm doing that, I am engaging in mission work. And then when that event, when that event finishes, now I'm off duty. I've done my bit. I've said my piece. I've spoken up. I've explained the gospel. Now I'm off the clock. So don't bother me. That's a, that will be a, a, a disaster. That will be a real pitfall. Another pitfall is to think that mission work looks like going abroad to speak about Jesus who I've never heard about him before. And if I'm not abroad, surrounded by people who don't know Jesus, then I don't need to engage in mission work because that's for doing in other places. And if that's the pitfalls that we fall into, even however subtly and we might be tempted to think that, that is simply not to think biblically. The person I told you about earlier is hoping to do cross-cultural mission work. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like having a job, paying bills, taking the kids to school. But before all those things, before those things happen and take place, it is being a disciple of Jesus in all those things. So personally growing in knowing Jesus more through prayer and Bible study, which leads to becoming more and more distinct. It's, it's not to go hiding, but being salt and light, distinct and visible, seeking to do good to those around. And of course, the chief good is to speak the gospel whenever there is an opportunity. Now, this guy that's seeking to get this new job and go abroad and do this, he's already doing all those things. So it's not like, okay, my mission work's going to start when I get to the new country, he's already doing mission work. He'll, he will just be doing it somewhere else, continuing the same thing with a different postcode. Now, just the other day, Holly shared a quote with me from a book uh, called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. I've slightly modified it, but um, it's such a good quote that fits in really well when thinking about mission work and being salt and light, but specifically just the importance um, there is on us knowing the Lord, meeting him in his word, praying, and pursuing him so that we'll be able to influence the environments that we live in. So let me read you this quote. When Christians grow, it's a slightly modified quote, by the way. Uh, when Christians grow increasingly lax in their pursuit of biblical literacy, everyone in their circle of influence is affected. Rather than acting as salt and light, we become bland contributions to the environments we inhabit and shape indistinguishable from those who have never been changed by the gospel. Home, church, community and country desperately need the influence of Christians who know why they believe what they believe, grounded in the word of God. They desperately need the influence of Christians who love deeply and actively the God in the Bible. What a great quote, just the importance of knowing God in his word and then the, the whole change um, that, that will come to us and also our communities through that. Communities overseas need the influence of Christians who love deeply and actively the God of the Bible. And so do the communities that we all live in. Yes, activities are definitely useful. 
yes, there is a place to leave your country to seek to reach people with the gospel in other countries. And we need to pray for more cross-cultural missionaries. But we also, or and, we all need to remember that there are people on our doorsteps, all around us, in our families, in our places of work, that we have the responsibility, we have the call of God on our lives to seek to reach them with the gospel, to make disciples. And we can do that without a tent, without a crusade. We don't need to wait till a 7.30 p.m. start to share the gospel. And I suspect if you are anything like me, then you're going to need help with this. We need to be reminded that life is short and unpredictable, that people are desperately lost, broken and disobedient to King Jesus. I mean, the pandemic is such a wonderful illustration, isn't it, of how a virus has caused governments and world leaders to go to radical measures to protect people, to guard people, to seek to see people getting well again. Well, we must remember, as a church family, we must remember that there is a more pressing worldwide emergency than COVID-19, than any pandemic. Each and every person on the planet is born infected with sin. Jesus is the only cure. Not to be cured results in eternal death. We have the hope of the gospel. We know the way to life. And God's means of spreading the solution is, is chiefly, it's not through a vaccine, it's not through a syringe. But it's chiefly through ordinary Christians reaching out in the places where God has put them. We see this reinforced time and time again in the Bible. As you read even some of Paul's letters, he, he doesn't encourage people to move houses, to, to go to somewhere new. But he encourages people to live for Christ in those situations, live godly lives. And be ready to speak up for the Lord Jesus, explaining the hope. That we have, that's actually Peter, but I'm sure Paul would add, add his amen, so be it, to that as well. So over the coming weeks, we're going to um, have a series, and the series is going to be entitled, well, we've already started it, but Being Salt and Light in the 21st Century. We are going to think practically about being a Christian in our families, in our workplace, in our streets. And God willing, if everything does go to plan, you'll hear some different voices, it'll not just be mine. Um, perhaps you'll hear recommended some, some useful resources, perhaps stories of what people are trying to do and what has done, what they have done and what has and hasn't worked, how people are seeking to be salt and light um, in their street, in their places of work. And as I close, as promised from the beginning, one resource that you will find helpful, uh, or at least to whet your appetite for this series, is a book called Have No Fear, written by John Lennox. It's not long, the chapters are short, so you can read it very quickly. Um, and if you would like a copy of that absolutely for free, then please do contact me. I've got a stack right next to me here, ready to distribute to those who ask. And if you'd like a copy, you can get one while stocks last. I have to say that because obviously uh, this is going out on the World Wide Web. And if 8 billion people get in touch with me asking for a copy of this book, I'm going to have a problem. So <laughs> while stocks last, um, but we'll be able to reorder more. Uh, up to a certain limit, of course. And I hope and I pray that that will inspire you and will bless you indeed. But now I'm going to close. And as I do, I'm going to pray. Please do commit to tuning in every week 
um, just so we can all grow in this as a church family. But let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the privilege of being your servants. Thank you that you have entrusted us with the message of Jesus. What a great privilege. Please enthuse us, motivate us, forgive us for being so sleepy in our disciple making. Please change us because Jesus is worthy. And we ask all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.